Welcome to the podcast Bench Talk. I'm Jo Hilditch, High Sheriff of Herefordshire. My conversation today is with Alison Davis, who's been the driving force behind the presence of the Knife Angel in Hereford. If you're on social media at all, you would need to have been living under a rock not to have seen this incredible sculpture online. And hopefully many of our listeners will also have seen it in the metal flesh. For Alison, bringing the Knife Angel to Hereford has been part of a very difficult journey that began in 2018, when she lost her son, Mark, to knife crime. The Knife Angel is about more than knife crime, but I'll leave Alison to fill us in on all the details. Our bench today is literally in the shadow of the Knife Angel, which is in turn under the towering west end of our beautiful cathedral in Hereford. So Alison, welcome to Bench Talk. Perhaps the first thing you could do for me today is to describe what we see here just behind us. Thank you, Jo. The Knife Angel is an amazing sculpture. It's 27 feet tall. It's made of over 100,000 knives that have been reclaimed from all the police forces around the country and is amazing at different times of day and night. We have it lit up at night so you can see different colours in it. We have blues, we have greens, we have white light on it. But more than that, its expression changes during the day. You you get a different look at it at Mm. different times. People keep coming back to see it in different lights. It's a beautiful metaphor for what it's there to represent. It is. It really is. And I, I like that it's rusted now, that it's become much more rusty. It's weathered now as, as it's been travelling around. And I think that adds to it. Does it have a name? Just the knife angel. The knife angel. Yeah. yeah. And what, what was the rationale behind its creation? I believe that there was an issue. It was, it was built at Oswestry. And I believe there was a fairly local issue which made the team at the ironworks aware of knife crime going on around there. And from that, they spoke to every police area in the country and got all the knives in from all of them. The knives came in quite often in evidence tubes. And in these tubes, we would have, or they would have, knives of blood on them, knives that had been used, obviously, in some sort of crime. And there were an awful lot of them. Manchester, I believe, sent seven and a half tonnes of knives in through their amnesty. Wow. It's a huge number. And if you look on the back of the sculpture, you can see inscriptions on some of the knives. What's, what's that about? These are inscriptions, mainly quite early on, from families who'd lost loved ones. Mm. And that's what they're there for. They're just to remind people that every single blade on that has probably had an impact on the family. Shocking, but but absolutely stunning. Yeah. How, how long was it in planning to actually get it here? Just about two years. We, <laughs> it, it's of course COVID changed things a bit. We'd always planned for it to come in June 2021 because we thought we needed quite a bit of time to get it sorted out. So it, it was always planned for this this month, but COVID made a huge difference. We couldn't talk to everybody. Everybody was furloughed. They were not working. And so it made it much harder to get it together, but we did it. I know that the story is somewhat painful for you, but do you think you could tell me a bit more about what made you want to go that extra mile to ensure that it came to Hereford? We're just an ordinary family, and you never think that something like this is going to impact on you. You just don't think it. And so when we found out through Facebook that Mark had been murdered, it had a huge impact on all of us. Um, And from that, there's, a, there's an area of despair, disbelief, um, not knowing what to do with yourself. 
but I've always had the feeling that there needs to be something coming out of a tragedy like that. I feel you need to do something for yourself to make it less, less impactful on you. You can either just sit there and go into yourself and not do anything, or you can get out and you can fight. You can fight the Im impulse to not do anything. So that's what it all started from. So it's been a catharsis? Very much so, yes. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'd have done without it. Yeah. Yeah. So there have been a number of other projects going on around the Knife Angel in Hereford. Can you, can you tell us about a few of those? There have been lots, actually. It's been very heartening to see the number of schools that are getting involved. And here at the cathedral, um, William Talbot Ponsonby, who is the head of education here, has been putting on an amazing range of courses with the local children on knife crime. And I go in and I talk to them first and tell them the impact it had on us, on our family. And we go from there. And I bet they're shocked, aren't they? Very shocked, some of them, yes. And have you had kids from the pupil referral units as well, the kids who might not be quite so well adjusted as those at Hereford Cathedral School? Yes, we have. And I think actually it shocks them as well. But I'm hopeful with them. It does show them that there is another way they can move forward in life. They don't have to follow that direction. Um, however bad a childhood you have, you don't have to let it determine who you are in the future. And how strongly do you talk to them about it? It's pretty strong. I give them a lot of detail about what happened and you can sort of see them sitting and shrinking a little bit because they think, oh yes, this is really what it's about. I tell them that I don't sleep very well, I don't watch television because you never know what's going to come on. Um, things like that, that are impacts that we all have who've suffered loss like this. Um, but it's, it's something that they won't have thought about. Do you think they get it? I think they start to. Yeah. And hopefully well, the teachers can carry it on. So mm, yes, I If it's just the beginning of some kind of thoughtful process, it's got to be worth it. Yes. I see there's a knife bank just here as well. So I, I wonder, have you managed to collect many knives from Hereford and Herefordshire? Yes, we have. We've had quite a few. Certainly, um, it was halfway through the project we'd had nearly a hundred knives and only today we had handed in a bayonet <laughs> I know where did that come from it came from Sweden it was a Swedish one the um, Jordan our security man um, did some research online on it and it was actually Swedish used in the First World War and it was um, sent to a German division so although Sweden was neutral they were friendly to the Germans and obviously that's spirited they, the guy wasn't obviously going to go out and use it, but he just thought it would be better to have it in safe care rather than yes. in his attic or yes. whatever. But something like that that is, is so special won't go into making anything. It'll go to a museum somewhere that yeah. 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 And guns? Have you had any guns? Only one starting pistol so far. Um, that might change. We've also got possibility somebody's got a First World War revolver that they want to bring in, but it hasn't appeared yet. But we don't keep those on site. They go straight off to the police. And is there, um, so if there is always security around, is there, do you think there's a prevention for people to actually come and hand their weapon in? Or are they quite forthcoming? Because there's an amnesty, I imagine. There is an amnesty, which means that it's, it's easy for people to come in and do it. Um, they normally come with several knives in a carrier bag held down close by their side. <laughs> and they sidle up to the security of Jordan and... I've got some knives here, so it's always <laughs> a little bit, but yeah, um, when they put one in the, in the 
box, it makes a huge clang. <laughs> yes, so it's not as if everyone's not going to turn around and say, whoa, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I suppose they, they can be anonymous, though. They drop yes. it in. Oh, yes, yes, we, we, do. we do have them anonymously. Yeah. And have you heard any kind of redemptive, I mean, apart from perhaps the PRU um, kids, have you heard any redemptive stories around people who've come to visit? The Life Angel becomes a point for people to sit and just think about life and be. And they come all through the night. Um, we've had certainly one lady comes and sits here a lot at night because she feels safe here. Mm. Um, and does she have a story further than that? or? I think she probably had involvement with drugs. Yeah. But I don't know much about her story. Um, we did have a lady the other day whose brother had been stabbed in the throat. And he is, as a result of that, now blind and brain damaged. And that just brings home to you mm. what can happen just from one, one knife wound. Yeah. It doesn't have to be lots of knife wounds, just one will do it. And other projects, I think you, you ran a conference at the beginning and then you've been running a number of, I think, some workshops. Yes, yes. The conference was run by my daughters, who obviously Mark's sisters, and they, my one daughter is a professor of forensic psychology. For her, all her life, her working life, she has worked with knives and guns and murder. And so for her... What a horrible irony for her. I, I, don't, know how she's, no. I don't know how she's done it. I really mm -hmm. don't. Mm. I'm so proud of them both. Um, so they put on this conference and we covered a whole range of topics. County lines, sexual exploitation of children, um, knife crime, of course, but things like domestic violence and coercive behaviour in children, all sorts of things. So there's a really wide range, and it was very well received. So that was good. The workshops we're doing, we've got a range of those. We've got the youth justice team have been doing work on that. And we've had some... What is the youth justice team? They're the people who work with young children who are in, um, in a position where they need support, who are just about to go into court. So they're trying to stop them from getting into court, They're trying to stop them mm. going into court and working with them to make sure that they, they manage to keep on the straight and narrow. Um, and they're very interesting to listen to. Um, we've had a, a lovely set of workshops on childhood bereavement, traumatic bereavement in children, which hasn't had a huge number of children, but I wouldn't expect it to. And they have been absolutely amazing. And one little boy said it was the best day he'd had since oh. daddy died oh. which is just oh it's so sad you know you, you just think of that and even if that's the one thing that comes yes. out of this yeah so i was going to ask you about the legacy yeah. of the knife angel but yeah. obviously the immediate things that are happening are a big legacy and yes and then ongoing do you ongoing we intend to keep going in schools and working with young people in there sort of so that we we keep the message going and hopefully it will prevent things happening like this awful lot of volunteers around here I've, I've been down a few times and actually every time I come there's a different bunch of volunteers tell me tell me about them our volunteers have been amazing we've got the team of us the, the, the base team is myself and Meryl Kane who really are the two who, who got this whole thing going and then we have Pauline Strong who runs the volunteer team and Eileen who basically bosses us all about occasionally and looks after us and um, makes the most amazing apple cake so we've got about 200 volunteers. Wow. Pauline teaches at the college and her public service students have been with us for two, two weeks, doing three days a week. Absolutely brilliant to have young people working with it. And we've also got 
much older volunteers. So we've got a whole range of people, but they're all fantastic. And some days it's been freezing out here. Yeah, well, they're definitely summer. incredibly well informed and yes. they all know the story and they're very helpful with all the visitors who are coming. Yeah. which must be a huge amount. I mean, do you know, have you got any idea how many people have visited so far? And it's been here two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. We've certainly had at least 50,000 visitors. Wow. It's incredible. Um, we sort of thought at the beginning, knowing on what, what other cities have done, we thought we might get to 100. I think we're going to well surpass that now. So, yes, it's, it's good. Every time I've been here, there's been a huge crowd yeah. gathered around, marvelling. They, they come all through the night. We get people here all night long. Well, as I said, on social media, you, you can't get away from it. It's fantastic. Yeah. So you, you have a, um, referred to it, but you couldn't have done it on your own. So perhaps you'd like to tell me how many people have been involved in bringing it here its inception, who's been helpful. Again, it's just been wonderful how people have stepped up to help. Um, we started off just, just the four of us, and my other friend, Jan, who is also she hasn't done much because she's actually quite COVID frail so she's she's not wanted to do very much since that happened um, but the bishop has been amazing the cathedral have been fantastic we've got the, so many people in Hereford have helped we've got venture victim support the youth justice service we've got individuals who are giving their time freely like Dawn Ford who did the bereavement um, Gary Jones is doing workshops and there's so many people I'm, I'm going to miss a load out and I hope they don't feel offended by it but well we'll put them all in the references you can let me know okay. who they are all right we'll do that <laughs> it, it must have been a little bit disappointing that Covid has changed the schedule of your visitors and the schedule of it being here but it's heartening that there really are so many people here yes has Covid been a difficult experience for you personally and especially whilst you've been dealing with such recent grief first lockdown I actually enjoyed it gave me time, I think, to regroup and actually have some time to myself because you, you just don't seem to get that when it, when it all happens. And it took, it took over a year to get the trial and everything done, so we, we had that all going on. Um, so for me, COVID was actually really quite nice at first. And I did the garden and I painted the living room and did all these sort of things that you do. Um, but it meant that my, my mind was off a lot of things. So it's, for me, it was, it was really good. But then, doing this, it became much harder. We couldn't respond to people. People didn't respond to us because they weren't working. And it, it did take a lot longer mm. to actually Frust put It was a little together. frustrating. It could be Still, frustrating. you got here in the end. We did, yes. Well, yesterday I did meet you at one of your workshops. It was one which was around restorative justice. Yeah. A difficult question, but can I ask you if you have managed to engage yourself with the perpetrator of your son's death? And if you haven't, would it have helped? We haven't been able to engage with him. Um, unfortunately, the American system is quite different to ours, and they don't seem to be very keen on you actually finding out a lot about what happened. So that's been very difficult. I would actually have liked to have met him and faced him and asked the angels question, why? Because that's what it's asking people. Why is this happening? Because restorative justice is very much something that we are very keen on in the British courts now, especially yes. in, with the youth. I think it's a very effective way of doing things. Um, I, I know of a couple of people who have also lost family to both knife crime, actually, and they've, um, they've found restorative justice very, very helpful for them.
So just a bit lighter, perhaps, if we could turn it around. Have there been some light moments around um, this wonderful sculpture? I think the day it came in, it was just such a relief to get here. We were all bouncing all over the place. But for us, I think the best bit was seeing it come down King Street, led in by the bishop and all his biker friends. And one of my son's friends was in with them as well. So that was really very emotional, but it was it was great. And he arrived beaming from ear to ear. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> he, he loves his a, bike. He does love bishop. his bike, yes, he does. <laughs> we occasionally see him popping off on it. <laughs> Obviously, apart from this major tourist attraction, mm. can you give me, this is my usual question, your three top tips for tourism in Herefordshire? Maybe something a bit broader about tourism in Herefordshire as well. Okay, I... I, I was in the tourist industry for quite a while and Hereford has not been very good in the past at, at dealing, at looking at tourism as a really good source of income. That has now changed, thank heavens, and it's looking a lot more like the, the councils have got together and are actually working on getting tourists into the county. Don't and we? visit Herefordshire. And visit Herefordshire, of course, you've got yeah. them. And Heidi at Eat, Sleep, Sleep Live. Absolutely. So there's lots of people doing a lot of work on it now, yeah. which is brilliant. And specifically, are there three things that can be food or drink or um, places to visit? I still love Simmons Yacht. I, I think Simmons Yacht is a, a beautiful spot. But um, the River Wye as well is just just perfect for it. Um, eating and drinking, well, I do like doing both. And <laughs> I love going to Oak Church because Oak Church has just got so many local foods in and so many local drinks. I like Richard Vaughan's meat. Not that I can afford it very often, but I love it. <laughs> um, and sensory and rye is probably, in past times, has been my office. I've sort of been there quite a lot. So Breakfast, lunch and tea. That's the ones. Yes. And last year, a friend of mine got married and we had the reception there. Small wedding then. It had to be, didn't it? <laughs> yes. Ten of us. Yes. So, but yeah, so it's lovely. I, I loved going there. Alison, it's been amazing to hear the reasons behind the presence of this monument. Knowing about the pain of losing someone unexpectedly, because I lost my brother in a car accident over 25 years ago, I know you'll have had some incredibly difficult moments along the way, and your loss is still very recent. So thank you for talking so candidly today. You can rightly take great pride in bringing the Knife Angel to Hereford and the fabulous team you've gathered around you. We are lucky to have been a small part of what has been an incredible project. So big thanks to you, Alison. And thank you to you, Joe, for spreading the word for us and being so supportive. You and Trish, the previous High Sheriff, have both been amazingly helpful to us and have really given us, given us the strength to go on sometimes. So it's been really good. And then got to talk about my daughters, um, Meryl, Pauline, Eileen, and the whole team, everybody, the bishop, the cathedral, everyone has been so brilliant on it. So yes, thank you.